Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Talking City podcast here from the Manchester Evening News. I am your host today, Ash Barami, and I am pleased as ever to be joined by Ian Cheeseman. You're right. And Simon Baikowski. Hello. That was did, did you like how I done that? He, he did. He did a Ronaldinho though, didn't he? Looked one way and went yeah, the yeah, other. That, that was a no look chat. I Very liked good. that. Did you like my organisation today? It wasn't. It wasn't a lack of communication no, between the two parties. Today, yeah, yeah. It's good to know. It's good to know. But um, there's only one place really to start. <clears throat> to start, and that is Manchester United in midweek. It was almost like I think we used the analogy last week of it was almost like City, like a like a boxer who against the ropes for a bit, let the other guy shoot the load, then come over the top and take over. And that's almost kind of like what happened in the second half in the City game. Give us your reaction to that, Ty. Yeah, it was um, It was one to sort of knock down all of us that like to hype up these big matches because in the end it wasn't really a contest. I think United did their best for um, half an hour and unsettled City a bit with their pace. Um, certainly Vincent Company at the back struggled with Lingard against, and Rashford initially um, but this City team are just unflappable really um, Guardiola said before the game that going to Old Trafford doesn't scare them anymore and it showed because they, I think the analogy he used is, is perfect they just kind of dealt with everything United had and then swatted them away um, pretty confidently in the second half. Mm, yeah, and, and Ian, in that first half, it looked like City were a little bit under pressure. United were getting close to them; they were closing everything down. But I was—I remember it was, I was in the office and I was saying City just need to almost like ride the storm a little bit. Then they'll have their time where they come out on top. Yeah, it was a lot of huff and puff, but without any real threat, I thought. Um, but yes, they came out because they'd lost to Everton, as we know, and had a bit of a point to prove. Um, just listening to what Sai said then about you know the, the fear factor of going there and looking at it from a, a fan's perspective, it, it used to be a, 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 a fearful place to go, eh? Because obviously there were more troubled times back then when you were a fan, you know, there was more threat of violence, which thankfully has gone away. But even the intimidation of crowd noise. I mean, if I think back to the Tottenham game in the first leg of the Champions League, there was a lot more noise came from that crowd. I know there were some sceptics who've said it was boosted by a PA system and everything, but it was uh, certainly... Is that, was that you, Si? No, no, no. <laughs> the way you no. put your hand up there. No, I, I thought, thought you were praising the, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. No, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't the stadium particularly. It was just that I thought the crowd were a lot more up for it and they felt like there was a little bit of resignation from the United fans. Um, I mean, 
this sounds like I'm, I'm having a go, maybe I am, but I, I saw a lot, it seemed like an even higher proportion of people who were there as a day trip watching that game than I've ever seen at United before. Now, whether that's because some United fans thought, I can't face seeing City come here and win, um, so I think I'll sell on my ticket or what, I have no idea, but there just seemed a bigger proportion. And I thought that was reflected in the crowd because it didn't have any tension or, or aggression a positive aggression I'm talking about you know from United it was all city I was in the city section the city section never stopped singing it was buoyant all the way through it was confident and never sensed that from the United supporters and I don't think their players really ever convinced me that they believed they could win that game whereas as you were pointing out the city players always looked yes there were a little moment here and there but always looked in control always looked confident always oozed you know uh, um, well, there's no other word for it than confidence, really. And just it felt like that they were always, um, you know, confident of winning. But what I would say, though, is as a fan, sometimes when it's actually happening, it's easy on reflection to say City won it quite comfortably in the end. It didn't feel like that as yeah. the game was evolving. But And as well, you talk about the change as a City fan going to Old Trafford it's changed for United fans going to Old Trafford, turning up for derbies because they've been so used to turning up, expecting to win and expecting, you know, this early pressure to see City cave and another comfortable victory for them. But it's now three wins in a row, is it? Guardiola's won every year at Old Trafford. Certainly, yeah. I think yeah. it's more um, more than that, actually. But Yeah, six in the last eight league games, I think. Which is incredible when I yeah. think back to my first 25 years watching Derby's yeah. at Old Trafford without a win <laughs> how, how, how many can you count up before that in them 25 years I mean, that was my 76 Derby but you know the the first Derby I saw was 77 I think or 70, something like that the last one that they'd won before this modern era was Dennis Law's back heel uh, you know the supposed one that put United down um, I said supposed because United fans argue it didn't actually put them down but we as Blues like to think it did but um, it, you know the, and then it was a long long time and we were, we're getting up to the impeccable derby of the anniversary of the Munich air crash time when when City finally brought that hoodoo but since then it's, it's yeah. just become a routine almost yeah. it, it did I mean it it showed just how unstoppable City are and how incredible their squad depth is because you know just as City fans will have been confident or hopeful when it was nil-nil between Liverpool and Chelsea at half-time Liverpool fans must have been thinking you know this could be could be the one and then De Bruyne's out the game already and then Fernandinho goes down injured and you sort of think Fernandinho's so key to City's play Um, that could only help United really but the change to, to have the quality of players to be able to pull Gundogan back, move Bernardo inside and throw Sane on is just ridiculous and that change won him the game. Yeah, and one player that especially stood out was Bernardo Silva, and I mean, Always. you you mentioned you mentioned a few weeks ago that he was your player of the season over Sterling. Do you think 
moments like that prove why? Absolutely. I mean, it, lots of people look at goal scoring and, and that almost becomes the defining thing for players of the year. I mean, obviously we, we can't deny that Salah scored lots of goals last year and that was why probably he won the award. But there are other attributes that you bring to a team that, to my viewer are more important last year my City player of the year was Fernandinho he wouldn't necessarily have been any everybody's player of the year and he didn't score lots of goals and he wasn't there at, at match winning moments setting something up generally it was at the other end or or the the pass before the assist that he was he was shining and he was such a as you've already said you know such a an important part of the whole machine this year Bernardo Silva right from the get-go right from the beginning of the season has been exceptional I saw somebody on social media saying he he seems to be morphing into Messi (laughs) now nobody wants to give him that label but I get why they say that because there are times particularly when I've been sat in the relative calm of the press box at home games where I've found myself involuntarily going wow when he's done something when he's he's had it looked like he's been boxed in and 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 somehow, through just unbelievable inventiveness, he's got himself out of it. And he's done it so many times now that you can't say it's just determination or, or luck or whatever. He has a phenomenal close control and skill. Ally that to brilliant work rate, which I can't imagine there's a player works harder than him on, on a football fit, uh, pitch. You know, the, the, the heart, he's, he's got absolutely the heart of a he's tiger. He's a complete player, isn't he? He's got everything. Yeah. And now, yeah. then he scores a goal like that at Old Trafford on a day when you know that City have to win and that although there's still three games to go and you're going to probably ask questions about is that it is it done the point is that going to Old Trafford psychologically both City and Liverpool fans in this title race thought this is the biggest game City have got left they have to do it against a wounded animal in United on their own territory and who was it who came up with a goal and when you actually analyse that goal it wasn't just like a, you know, he turned the defender and then hit a shot and it went in. He did something which not many people might recognise as exceptional, but I certainly do. And I watched a bit of the highlights on the TV and I think it was Gary Neville who was summarising and he picked it out because it was the speed in which... As he cut in, he also unleashed the shot almost immediately, which gave De Gea no time to settle in goal. And that is exceptional. Yeah, it, I think Joe Hart said said similar because De Gea obviously got blamed for both goals. And the first one, I think Hart said that he won't have set himself because he won't have been expecting the shot that early. And it, it's like you were saying with when he goes for duels with people three times the size of him and comes out with the ball it's that knowing exactly what to do in that split second that makes the difference that has been massive for him I mean I thought he was City's worst player in the first half mm. I thought he had his worst half of the season um, in the first half because he had a lot of the ball but he didn't do anything with it but I was having discussion with some of my colleagues yesterday talking about Pogba being in the team of the year and saying I was, like... I was about to come to that, literally, like, literally just after that, I was about well, to mention that. I won't get into it immediately, <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it says something when Bernardo can have one of his worst halves of the season and still go on to score such a massive goal in the derby and have such, you know, at Bernardo at his worst is still the best player in the league 
almost. To be fair, you know, in the first half an hour, certainly, I didn't think City played that well. No. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Vincent Company fan. There's, you know, there's no player I admire more than Vincent Company's man and and as a player. And 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 he was just not at it in the first half. And and I don't know whether that was nerves. Um, you know, but but there was certainly not, they weren't right in the first half hour. No, and they made a lot of wrong decisions. But what I will say about company is that I saw, you know, quite a few people saying, don't know why Pep bothers with company in these big games. He's finished, he's done. And when he got a yellow card inside 10 minutes, yeah, fine. But he was pretty good overall for the 90, you'd rate him. Oh, unbelievable. And, you know, there's a reason why Guardiola's picked him for... Liverpool at home there's a reason why out of all these games in the running he's picked him for Palace away Tottenham at home in the Champions League and United and they've won every one of those games so they've won them partly because companies in the team yeah it's easy to forget that Liverpool game in January isn't it it's the only mm. game Liverpool have lost yeah so yeah, yeah. if you take that win away Liverpool have unbeaten the top of the league yeah so com- a lot of other things. company is there's a reason he picks him in big games and company adds to the team in big games. Oh, I so much wish that Vincent Company either didn't have these issues with injury or was 10 years younger because he's, at, even now, just as, as, I mean, I'm only a fan, Pep knows what he's doing, but as a fan, I want in all these big games, company to be in the centre of that defence every single time. Now, City play Burnley this weekend. Can he play back-to-back games? I don't know. If I thought he was fit... He'd be the first one on my team, well, along with Bernardo. You'd think he would be in the team, certainly with what Burnley have got up front. Yeah. Yeah. He's a leader as well, don't forget. He's not just a great player, but he he is a leader and he inspires that around him. Yeah. He certainly would inspire me if I was playing. (laughs) That that team of the year then, I mean, I I think most of us would agree with most of that team, apart from maybe the inclusion of Pogba. Well, the inclusion of Pogba. Yeah. Can you think of any other players that maybe... I could probably name you about 200 players I'd put in front of Pogba. <laughs> so I, I can't... It was a strange one. I, 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 how does the voting for that work? Is it, it's, it's the players, the isn't players it? The players vote, yeah. But, I, I can't get angry about it because it's the it's the players who vote and... Yeah. It, well, it, it, like you, you can't go up to the players at the training it's, ground and say, what are you doing? Why have you picked him? So it, it's sort of like a lot of people getting angry shouts into a vacuum because yeah. it's like it's, it's done and they've picked him and they've obviously seen something in him to 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 view him as one of the best players whether they've thought oh, I can't be bothered filling this in just put Pogba down or We've whether put a United player so just or, pick him or whether they've thought Paul Pogba is genuinely one of the best midfielders I've come up against this season maybe but aside from asking every player in the league what the thinking was behind which would be incredibly tedious and dull. Yeah. I'd rather just say, who cares? It's a strange one, (laughs) but we'll leave it at that. So, Ty, I wanted to ask you in terms of City Player of the Year, I mean, I know it can still change this little cup final, it's three more games, some things can change, but where do you stand in terms of City's Player of the Year so far? City's Player of the Year for me is Bernardo Silva. Um, Mm -hmm. But as Ian was saying... Um, I think most people who have watched a lot of City this season would say Bernardo but I think he doesn't get as wide a recognition because he hasn't got as many goals or assists as say Sterling who's also been incredible Um, 
But so in terms of the player I've most enjoyed watching, um, it would be Bernardo because I just think he's been a joy. It's been a pleasure to watch him bear every in mind, week. Bear in mind that Kevin De Bruyne has been injured for most of this season yeah. and, and you might argue that when he's fit, he is the key, uh, certainly offensive midfielder. Um, and to think that City have done what they've done this year, which is to potentially get to 98 points, only two short of yeah. what they achieved last season with hardly an appearance from Kevin De Bruyne, then you've got to look at that, that team and look at that midfield and say, well, who is it who's been doing it? And to me, yes, Raheem Sterling has been exceptional and uh, and he will have the best chance of winning the National Award because of the various things that have happened off the field. Um, you know, the, the, the kid at, at Crystal Palace that he's been very supportive of, the way he's handled different racist incidents. And, and I'm, I'm full of admiration for all that. And so I understand why, and, and, and obviously stuff he's done for England too. So I understand why the national journalists or the national players who don't watch him every week like we do might go for Raheem Sterling. Yeah. But to me, Bernardo, Silva has been without Bernardo Silva City wouldn't wouldn't be in this title race I, I really believe no. that I think that De Bruyne last year was probably good for 10-15 of City's 100 points and I think you could say the same about Bernardo this mm. season and as well Bernardo was at the World Cup with Portugal so he was one of many City players who was at the World Cup he was the only City player that Pep didn't give any holiday to made him traipse across to America to take part in the pre-season tour because he'd recognised, he said, I'm going to be without a load of my best players because they're not going to be as fit as they should be because they've played the World Cup. Singled out Bernardo Silva and said, this guy is going to drag my team through at least the start of the season. And he's not stopped running ever since. Mm -hmm. So he's been running for like a year. It's a great example to those managers and players who maybe play two three times in 10 days and yeah the managers are coming out giving giving the excuses straight yeah. away and, and not that it matters as well but he's one of the loveliest footballers you'll meet as well actually mm. does matter I know, <laughs> I know why you said yeah, that yeah yeah I get yeah. a completely no but you know we might be a bit biased because yeah he is nice but yeah it's nice really nice it's nice as a fan to, to see now from my less intimate contact with players than I once had when I was, was working at the BBC etc that the, the, the players seem to be genuinely a really good group of human beings yeah. and Pep obviously is, is very uh, he sees that as very important and you can tell I mean I've only met Bernardo Silva briefly and I've, but I've seen him at close quarters I suppose a few times and watched various videos and he, he just seems and I'd love to meet him and you know have him as a mate coming round for tea yeah, you know what I mean he's yeah. a great bloke and, and he's embraced Manchester as well which whether it makes a difference or not but you are likely to meet him if you wander around the northern quarter or um, Castlefield he, he lives in the city centre and he enjoys on his days off just walking around the city and we'll keep an eye out yeah keep an eye out <laughs> yeah because you know he'll doubtless say hello and actually that therein lies a little bit of the reason why he won't get the national awards because if Raheem Sterling walked around the national quarter everybody would see Raheem Sterling yeah. and would notice him and it would be a big deal and I bet Raheem Sterling can't do that without being bothered whereas Bernardo seems to be one of those players who's very humble um, away from the football pitch I suspect his body language is very very humble as well and he could probably walk 
walk around the northern quarter and, and not really get noticed that much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think Manchester's better than London in that in that respect. Maybe just because it's away from the the glare of the full media. Um, so I think certainly like City Spanish players have enjoyed um, not being harassed when they go out, but. Well, I mean, but, but it's part of Pep's philosophy that he doesn't have these massive egos in his players going out, sort of making themselves known wherever they go. Well, I'll give you a little example. You know, on King Street, we know that Pep and Cheeky and Ferran Soriano have a have a restaurant, and and I think people are very aware of that. It's called Tast, and it's down the bottom there. And I walked past there once and saw Cheeky sat in there having a drink at the bar. And you thought, I can't imagine that. If, if that was London or, yeah. or it was any other, you know, Madrid or Barcelona, that he would be able to do that or any of them would be able to do that. Um, by the way, I've been to that restaurant and it's fantastic food. I can highly recommend Very it. Very expensive, isn't it? Uh, well, it's not as bad as you think. But anyway, um, but but to, to actually see somebody so high profile yeah. just, just sat there, that... that slightly took my breath away because I thought I can't imagine that anywhere else now the cynics might say ah, it's because it's, it's City and nobody's bothered <laughs> but I, I don't buy that at all I mean that to me is is an example of how our city is a little bit more just a bit more easy going really and, yeah. the, and the people are well, the, yeah I mean last season they watched most Champions League matches that they weren't involved in in One Matters Bar in Manchester the coaching staff so it, it is a very relaxed place in town get to Manchester you'll meet loads of everyone <laughs> you have to give me the list of these places yeah, yeah. you're telling me them and I'm like I've not even not even been on that st- I've been on the street but I've not seen these places in a long yeah, time well you never know I'll keep an eye out but we're going to go to a break now anyway before we do we have our quiz question I brought it back for this week alright I've, I've, I've had the time to get a Google search on and find something so the question is and it's, I think it's a decent one this mm. week. So the Premier League is in its 27th year. City are currently on 89 points. In how many of them 26 other seasons would 89 points have won the Premier League? So there's there's been other seasons where teams have won the league with 89 points. Mm-hmm. But we're going to count City's current goal difference to that. Right. So, so we have a we do have a proper answer. So think about it. We'll go to a break and we'll come back with the answers. Hello and welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Just before I left you, we gave you the quiz question of how many of the twenty six Premier League seasons would City have won the league with with eighty nine points. So, I think I'm going to start with you, Sai. You were the first one to give an answer off air. Well, I've got my working, so I'll leave it to. I'll let Ian go first. <laughs> well, I, I'm not very good on this type of stuff, uh, but I, I'm actually going to say... Closest answer wins, I'll say. I'm going to say once. Once. Right, well, I, I, as it's my job that I should know this... Well, no pressure then. <laughs> they, I, um, I, I have obviously looked at this a few times before when we've been looking at points tallies, but... <laughs> It is a bit scrambled, but they definitely would not have won the league last season because City had yeah. 100 points. 25 others. Um, they they wouldn't have won the league uh, when Chelsea got 95 points. But I think that was... 
the first time they won it, 2005. Yeah, yeah I think that was Mourinho's Chelsea. Yeah, it was, yeah. Whereas I think Conte's Chelsea may have got something like 93 points or 92. Um, I feel like City's goal difference is better than when they won the league in 2012 with 89 points. So that would make three times they haven't... Three... <laughs> Three years that 89 points would not have won them the league. So, so 23. You're going 23. Yeah. And once I I've feel heard, like he, I feel like you got the one question, Ian. Yeah. No. Once, <laughs> once, once I've heard Simon's logic, then it all drops <laughs> into place. So, um, but it might not be right. You're sticking with one, Ian. I'm no, 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 no. I've been convinced. He's argued me round. I'll go with three. Three. <laughs> right. The answer is 18. Oh wow! Eighteen times, eighty-nine points with City's goal difference. There was a lot of so eight, eight years. Teams have got more than eighty-nine yeah. points. There's, wow! There's been a lot of occasions in the nineties where United won it with seventy-eight, seventy-nine points. Even Arsenal won it with I think seventy-nine and ninety-eight. So, I so mean, who's got more than eighty-nine points? Oof. Arsenal's, I think Invincibles was 90. There was a few occasions where United maybe have hit. So United have had 89, City have had 89. I think yeah. it's 2012, 2013. But City's goal difference at the moment is better than that. Yeah, so, yeah. So we're counting that as... So, so just it. to get it right, me who's non-stat man got it completely <laughs> wrong, I admit that. But Simon, who admits it's his job, yeah. was way out. <laughs> I am genuinely shocked. It might be that I've just wrote off 90s football, but... I hope I'm right. I could be. I could be wrong. I could have got this wrong. I'm going to Google my source, this now. My source could be wrong. <laughs> I mean, while I think Sai Googles it, we'll, we'll move on. Ian. I mean, we're looking at the title race now. Three games left each. Do you see any? I mean, I know Liverpool have a Huddersfield at home tonight, and I think, I think that would be a bigger shock than maybe Leicester winning the league if Huddersfield got anything from that. But do you see any? anyone dropping points from that end of the season as a, as a as a die hard blue who's seen it all before uh, yes um, anything can happen they can drop points in any of the three games that is City that are remaining uh, Burnley last season was a draw and I remember talking to fans as they came out of Turf Moor and they were they were pretty low even though they ended up getting the centurion of, of points and winning the league by a big margin but um, psychologically they, they were upset by what happened at Burnley last year um, Burnley have now got pretty much the points that they need I think goal difference is the only thing now that's um, between them and, and safety uh, so one point will, will do it for them I don't see them coming out really fired up or motivated but we also know in English football that teams unlike maybe other countries sometimes don't just lie down and, and, and you know give in and certainly at home they don't do that so I expect Burnley to come out and really give City a test but the mood that they're in and the way that they played at Old Trafford and they played the way they played in that uh, Tottenham bounce back game after going out of the Champions League showed to me that the mentality is right it looks like they're going to be without Fernandinho KDB's not going to be involved I wouldn't have thought certainly at Burnley maybe not even at, at, at Leicester uh, manager said maybe the last couple of games so I assume he means Brighton and uh, the cup final but I still think that 
City's mentality now, having bridged what they've bridged, is huge. I wish Liverpool would play Newcastle this weekend uh, rather than Huddersfield because if there's one game at the moment that people are looking at and saying that might be where they might drop points, while City don't need that, it would be it would it would mean they have a little cushion, which they haven't got any cushion at the moment because even a draw effectively hands a title to Liverpool if they're able to win their three. So. Long-winded answer, but I, I, I think City now. My head says, my head says, City will now win the league. My heart, which is so closely aligned to City and has been damaged by things that have gone wrong in the past, still it will go very, very anxiously to all three games, thinking today could be the day they slip up. But it's such a big psychological boost to have gone to Old Trafford and won. But it's worth noting as well, Liverpool, I mean, Wolves is not going to be an easy game. Newcastle away in between Champions League, that's it's worth never forgetting that. That's why I'm saying I wish these games yeah. were in a different order because, um, you know, if, if, if the point is that City play at Burnley before Liverpool yeah. play Newcastle and Wolves. Yeah. If City have won at Burnley, then maybe that's the one that breaks Liverpool, you know, so, so they've got... They've, they've, you know, easily swept Huddersfield aside and have got two games to go. City, let's say, go to Burnley and win. Then suddenly the whole picture changes. Um, Liverpool play these two games against Barcelona and maybe, just maybe, depending on what happens in the first leg, Liverpool go to the game at Newcastle and think, come on, you know, City aren't going to slip now. We need to focus entirely on Barcelona. But right now, as they play Huddersfield... They still think, you know, no, no, we put all our efforts into this and City could slip at Burnley. So I think psychology is, is a huge thing. City yeah. win at Burnley, that's another, another big, big step. Yeah. I think we've got side back fresh from his Just, research. Was yes. he right? Ash was I right? Um, I don't think, you, well, I don't think you were right, but I think you were closer oh. to being right than I was. So, uh, oh. well, well, which one? Which one did I get wrong? Um, well, I could only count six. So City last year, Chelsea 2005-95 points, 2006-91, United 2090, Arsenal 2004-90, and United 2009 9 yeah, 5-6, six. 6, but you know, six. we're all friends. I'm going to, I'm, I'm double checking this I, when I get back. When I get back to my desk, I'll, I will check that. We're all fr- we're all friends and we're all losers. So <laughs> I did double together. check that. I'm the biggest loser. Yes, well done. <laughs> I'll you. admit that. <laughs> um, but yeah, back back in the back in the room, I think it's it's kind of a shame for City how the fixtures have been switched for Newcastle and and Leicester because should Burnley win, should City win at Burnley then they would have played Leicester Saturday lunchtime and for the first time in forever, Liverpool would have been behind in the sort of fixture stakes. City would have been four points clear if they if they beat Burnley and Leicester ahead of Liverpool's trip to Newcastle, which is sort of like you definitely can't lose, whereas given the Champions League, um, Liverpool play ahead of City now right up until, until the final day. It, it felt after the derby like, Right, that's it. City's biggest games are out of the way, but it, it's whether you view psychology or 
reality, I suppose, because <laughs> Burnley, I think, will be a much bigger test for City at Turf Moor than United were at Old Trafford. Wow, that's a big step. Do you think? Do you think even though Burnley practically saved, you saw the way they celebrated Brad, at, at Stamford Bridge? Yeah, on but I also the way they played at Stamford Bridge, which was very good. And Guardiola's team is built up to play as a unit, and they struggle against teams that they struggle more against teams that play as a unit themselves and know exactly what they have to do. Um, and Burnley know exactly their strengths. They know their weaknesses. They've got an intelligent coach who knows exactly, who can try and work out ways to to beat City. And they seem to have played City like 400 times in the last three years. So he's had plenty of times to try and he's succeeded a few times. United are not organised. United are not a team. They're, they've got more quality than Burnley, but you know, there's little point in that if they're not sort of cohesive as as a group and City picked them off because United didn't have those qualities that I think Burnley do. So You worried me now, Simon. Are we given Well <laughs> Are we given Huddersfield even a one percent chance tonight no. at Anfield? No. 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 Absolutely none. But in in a sense it don't matter because mm. if uh, City win the games then they win the league. Yeah. And, and I think you know, as sad as it was that they went out of the Champions League, that that's cleared all the fixture congestion. We're now talking about Liverpool being in the Champions League, how that will affect their game with Newcastle City. No, they've just got three finals and then the FA Cup final. Um, so you got a sense when they went to Palace, when they played Tottenham in the league and when they went to United that this was a team that knew exactly what they had to do and they did it. And I don't think any of the three opponents they've got left are good enough to stop them if they're in that same mood. I wonder what uh, Rafa's mindset is going into that game against Liverpool. I mean, do you think, sure, surely he'll be over his time at Liverpool as memories of, well, of you Liverpool? Saw, it, there was a lot of questions before the Manchester derby about, you know, what whether you know there was suggestion United might put a, a youth team out at one point or would they prefer City to win the league over Liverpool? The reality when, when the game started, maybe not from the fans, maybe that's how the fans are affected, but on the pitch, even though United proved not to be good enough in that derby um, the fact is that their players came out with a lot more energy a lot more drive and a lot more determination in that game than they did against Everton clearly and as more probably than they have done in a lot of other games I've talked to United fans since who said actually in that first half hour that's as good as we've played for a while so this sort of thought in the back of people's minds that Rafa might do a uh, you know, a, a favour. You know, what's Rafa going to do? Rafa's going to say to his players, don't worry too much because I like Liverpool and I'm going to form a <laughs> Liverpool manager so you don't need to try too much. And the Newcastle fans, the 52,000 that will be there, will go, yeah, we, we know Rafa's a former Liverpool manager so we understand if, uh, <laughs> if if we just let Liverpool win today. That ain't going to happen. This is England and this is this is how our, thankfully, our top football clubs are. You know, you've got to believe that Every club goes out and gives it its all. We saw Newcastle beat City this season, so they are capable of uh, rising to the big occasion. So um, whilst I, I actually think Liverpool will win their remaining games and hope that City do 
do the same and I'm fairly confident that they will. And I've always, I've felt that for a long time. Um, you never know. I mean, but I don't, I don't write Newcastle <laughs> off just because of Rafa being a former Liverpool manager. But the other mm. way to look at it is that if Liverpool don't win the league, then Benitez is still the last Liverpool manager to win a major trophy. Great. I'm, I'm so glad you're here, Si. <laughs> You, you, weren't, you weren't two minutes you, ago. You knocked me in emotions like down one moment and then you lift me up again. <laughs> 13 years ago that was. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, Newcastle beat City, like I was saying, because City struggle against teams that are well drilled with, with a plan. And I think Newcastle lost heavily at Anfield. Was it 4-0 in the end or 2-0? But I feel like they were they were well in the game and then something happened and and it just went mm. so you know you don't get too disheartened as a coach by that because you know you know that your plan was was right and and Rafa will have a plan for for Liverpool at home and I imagine it's the last Newcastle home game of the season it will be, yeah. yeah so you know want to sign we don't know whether Benitez is going to be there next yeah, season it could be his last well. home game in front of the fans so mm. it's going to be a big moment for them um, so you would expect the fans will be well up for it because they're obviously wanting Rafa to stay and will be making that known so it, it it's not going to be easy not going to be easy will be a very interesting part and gift from Rafa to the Newcastle fans and for football as a whole if yeah, well, came off with a win you've got Newcastle playing Liverpool on the Saturday and then Brendan Rodgers coming to the Etihad on on the Monday night, Brendan Rodgers, who was looked at as a potential city manager, so you know, mm. also ex-Liverpool manager. Yeah. I think the outcome, personally, I think the outcome of the Burnley game against City will have a big bearing on that Newcastle Liverpool game. If City have won at Burnley, then then anything could happen at Newcastle. If City have lost or even just drawn at Burnley, then that's a whole different ball game because then Liverpool have it in their own control to win the league. Yeah, Liverpool are more likely to win at Newcastle if City have dropped points at Burnley. Mm. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. I think that's just about as well all we have time for today. I know you two have a Pep Guardiola presser to attend, so I'll let you two get off. Um, thank you, Ian. Thank you, Si. Um, thank if you. you haven't, thank you very much. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Spotify, whichever way you tend to normally listen. And do leave us a comment or review if you want to as well. Particularly so, um, about the quiz question that we have. <laughs> I'm going to go back and double check that and I'll, yeah. I'll bring that up next time I'm on. Good. It's me or Rich. I'll, I'll get Rich to mention it if I'm not on. But um, thank you everyone for joining us. Um, if you haven't already, do subscribe and we will see you sometime next week.